I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Mischief Makers, your one-stop shop for all things mischief. Join your host, Dave Hearn, as he finds out what makes mischief well, mischief. Hello. I think I started too early. No, I'm in. Hello and welcome uh, to another episode of Mischief Makers with me, Dave Hearn. Uh, today, I have the absolutely wonderful Sydney K. Smith. Hello, Sydney. Hello, Dave. Get in. Thank you very get much. In. Um, Sid, you're, are you saying get in because this is our second attempt at this now? I'm saying get in because finally I've got my setup right. I'm wired in, plugged in. And um, I'm good to go. So thank you yeah. for uh, giving me another shot, Dave. Oh no, my absolute pleasure. You can ha- you can have as many goes as you like. Thank you. The uh, the joy of having you on outweighs the effort. Mm. Uh, so um, let's see what we've got here for Mr. Sydney. The first question I've got for you, actually, no, let's go let's go straight into the getting to know you section. Okay. Um, and you did this last time, but I'm going to ask you to do it again. Is okay. To give us a little uh, getting to know you jingle okay okay here we go bum 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 oh my gosh oh my gosh (laughs) very good but is the oh my gosh like oh my gosh we're talking to sid oh my gosh i'm talking to dave ah well you're too kind you're far too kind there you go there you go so we're going to get to know you sid um and first off let's get to know you by uh yeah i asked you this last time we got about six minutes into the interview last time so yeah. i'll start with the the same question as as last time tell us okay. a bit about where you grew up okay so um i was born in ghana which is a a country on the west coast of africa and i moved to london when i was about four and we moved um first to canning town which is in east london and then we moved uh across the river to a, a small town called Thames Mead which is actually half in the Greenwich borough and half in the Bexley borough and it's uh, right on the Thames so I spent lots of my summers on the Thames you know um, 
really fond memories of uh, time spent on the Thames as a, as a child and just in, uh, just in, uh, there was loads of parks and streams and rivers and um, yeah, it was just really nice to uh, grow up there. Great. And so that, um, so you came over when you were four. Do you, do you remember yes. much of growing up in Ghana? No, I don't remember anything, but I, I do remember, um, like say a, a, a family member, like an aunt come from Ghana and they're like, oh, we brought this like a dish over when I was young or this fruit or something. I, I kind of remember the, the smell or the taste. I'm like, oh, I know it is from somewhere. But, sure. Yeah. Like one of those weird sort of distant memories. You have exactly. When you're a kid. Exactly. Yes. Have you been back since? No, I haven't. I haven't had the... Sometimes I didn't go back because of the cash. And sometimes sure. I didn't go back because of work and not mm. finding the, you know, the right time. But I do really want to go back just to kind of... Just to go back and see, you know, where I was born. Yeah. And, and do you have uh, lots of family over there? I do have some family there. And I have uh, some family in the States. I have quite a big... I think I have quite a big family um, like cousins and second cousins, and I don't know them all. Mm. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recognise them basically if I walked past them in the street. But I know, okay. I do know, if my mum had seven, like there were seven of them siblings. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah, so, big they all extended family. Yeah. And uh, so you came over when you were four, and you grew up in Thamesmead, and then Temo! Temo, <laughs> Temo, shout out to Temo. Uh, a bit of trivia about Thamesmead, but it's Go the on. setting setting for A Clockwork Orange by Stanley Kubrick. Oh, is it? Yes, that's what was filmed in Thamesmead. Dystopian, mate. Is that the kind of sort of uh, Orwellian 1984 architecture? Yeah, it's really brutalist. It's concrete and brutalist. And um, they also modelled it on um, like a, a Swedish, um, like Swedish um, towns because they put loads of uh, canals and streams and lakes um, in, like in and amongst this very brutalist, hardcore concrete and cement um, town. So, what do you mean by brutalist in terms of like the architecture? Exactly, um, like the National Theatre, you could describe, I think, as brutalist. It's very hard, sharp. You know, no round edges kind of vibe. Yeah, National Theatre, intimidating building for yes. actors and, and non-actors. Yes. Uh, and so when did, you, when did you start acting? Well, I've been thinking about this, Dave. And um, professionally, um, I started acting when I was about, I'd say, 17, 18. Right. Um. But my love for acting probably started when I was an altar boy in Thamesmead in St. Paul's Church. My love okay, for performance. Um, well, I've been going to church, um, you know, for as long as I can remember. And I've always loved, I've always absolutely loved church. And when I, um, when I was about, I think, I want to say 10 after my first Holy Communion, like I'd done some, I'd done some readings. Like, you know, during a church service, there, there are readings that, mm. you know, are done. And I think I was asked to do a reading when I was about, I don't know, maybe nine, just before my first Holy Communion. And, you know, doing that reading and my, you know, coming, you know, home, mum saying, oh, you, 
you, you read re- very clearly and that was really good. And then from then I, you know, just loved the whole kind of vibe of the setup of church. It's like a show, basically. The sort of more theatrical element of exactly, of the church. exactly. And, and when so I how did how did you feel after that reading? Oh, Dave, I was buzzing. Everyone was quiet <laughs> listening to me. You know, I'm a nine year old kid, and I've always like looked, you know, revered church and loved church, and I got an opportunity to actually stand up and and do a reading. Yeah. Mm. So then from from then, after my Holy Communion, I became an altar boy. Okay, and what what does that entail? You're on stage. You're looking at the audience. So basically, yeah, you're on the stage. The altar, essentially, it's like a raised. It's slightly raised. The church I went to slightly raised, and um, so our our priest, he wasn't a regular vicar. He was a canon. This is a Roman Catholic um, church. He was a canon, and he had this big kind of booming voice and excellent stage presence and. You know, you could hear a pin drop basically when he was doing his um, doing his his sermons, and in a way, he he sounds like an actual canon. He was like a canon, double barreled if there is one. <laughs> so um, yeah, so basically, he uh, just watching him, like even you know, you have a bit before the communion, he kind of holds the bread up in like above his head, and like he snaps. It's quite a big kind of the wafer's quite big the one he has mm. and I remember I always remember like when he snapped it it was so quiet like you could hear it in the back a wafer oh, day wow. a wafer how, how far back are we talking in the church well it's not a huge it's not a huge church but I'd say there's at least 20 rows and it was usually quite busy mm. 20, that's impressive and, that he can sort of command an audience like that and there you go. So, you know, talking about performance and stuff, I realised once I became an altar boy, like you'd come in early, you'd do your like rehearsals, you'd come in early, you know, you'd get your, not five, but the, the pianist would be playing, you'd get your, you know, you put your, your robes on, you'd kind of process out, you know, the, 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 the first hymn or whatever, or the first bit of music would start and you'd kind of walk out with the, with the priest and, you know, one of one of us would be holding a big cross and, you know, you go to your places and then like it all settles down and you know, it's there's a structure to it as well. Yeah. Very very similar to a show, I guess, in that way. Yeah. So thinking about it, you know, you asked me before, thinking what what did kind of give me my first taste of like either being on stage or an interest of acting because in primary school and secondary school I did absolutely zero acting sure none I wasn't involved I did dramas at GCSE but um during the school shows I actually was more of a technical person I remember being um we did um a a show called Dracula and I um I was in charge of like the light and smoke machine oh cool during like a, a, a technical side of it Exactly. And I, I really loved that because I was, you know, allowed to watch the rehearsals and, you know, watch the actors. Like, I, I was just, I just loved it. I just loved watching them, like, do their thing. And I was more than happy to be not in in the limelight. This is more like 15 now, 15, 16. Mm. But then, you know, you, you have a memory of that stepping up as that altar boy. 
having the light shine on you. Oh, the light, lovely. Dave. The light was shining on my face, Dave. So I have a bit of a... Do you guys do confession? Is that, is that a Roman well, Catholic? Yes. Um, basically, I went to Roman Catholic primary school. Yeah. Then I went to all boys Roman Catholic secondary school. Mm-hmm. And for all that time, confirmation, first Holy Communion, confession, is all Roman Catholic. Okay, okay. And, you know, as I got uh-huh. older, yeah, go on. I was going to say I went to a Roman Catholic school, secondary school. Yeah. Um, but my, uh, I think we've had a similar, we've had this sort of conversation before. So my family are, um, we're not a religious family at all. Yeah. Um, and I would probably go so far as to say that I, uh, I, I definitely am an atheist, but I might even be an anti-theist uh, in which mm. I sort of believe that the, the world would actually be a better place without religion. Mm. Um, but I went to a, uh, I went to a Roman Catholic school because it was a very, very good school. And we used yeah. to have um, communion and stuff like uh, it was voluntary. You could go. You didn't have yeah. to go. But everyone did it because it meant you kind of missed maths or English. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so you'd sort of have an hour where you got to just sit and and have a listen. Yeah. Chill. And then have, a, have a little, um, you know, a little wafer, a little half yeah. wafer. Nice. But it was nice. But I think, yeah, there's definitely a, um, I think the more theatrical elements of uh, of church i was never really exposed to because i never really went um yeah. and i actually if i'm honest i actually feel quite uncomfortable in um in kind of holy sites and and, and places of worship yeah and i think um i went to i it's more on tv i think the things that i see the kind of evangelist stuff that looks really theatrical and oh uh, yeah crazy but then there are other things that look lots of music lots of fun particularly in america i think yeah it feels like there's a lot of um, a, a kind of a lot more celebration yeah around church which is i imagine can really um energize you particularly in a kind of performance yeah way. well yeah i think yeah it's different horses for different courses so i grew up very much roman catholic um but you know we're my family's very easygoing and as i've gotten older I actually now go to um, Christchurch East Greenwich, shout out to Christchurch, and CCEGFC, our football team, who just got promoted. We just found out two days ago that we're promoted, thank you, into Division 1. But um, basically, um, yeah, um, I went for a period where I went to really early mass with no hymns, with no, you know, none of the big, like very much quiet and very much... People who went there were older people who didn't want to be in crowds and didn't want all the kids making noise and running around. And, you know, there's a time, there's a time for that as well. And the church I go to now, um, Christ Church East Greenwich, is very much very liberal. It's not, it's not a Roman Catholic church. It's a um, Church of England church and very liberal. We're very open and welcome no matter what your sexual orientation is, um, no matter old, young, um, whatever your background is and you know it's it's i think you know it's different different for different people you know i've yeah. been to i've been to a church where a guy just did, i met a guy on the on the street once and he said come to my church and i turned up and it was like a small just a small room with about six people in there and a keyboard and these speakers and you know i sat down and the, the music was too loud there's very few of us and then <laughs> And then after a while, they people started talking in tongues, which is like oh, wow. they, 
which is yeah and dave i mean I, I, that's just not for me and i was just like wow this is intense too much you know I, I, it's just so was it quite scary for me it was yeah it was it was scary because i you know i wasn't um i'm not used to it at I'm not. Yeah. That's not. That's not. That's not my in. It's out of my comfort zone, Dave. So. Yeah. Even though they were like, you know, Christians, I don't choose to worship like that. And you can't, you know, you can't force somebody to, you know, some people. It's it's, it's taste, isn't it? Some mm. people like opera. Some people don't like opera. Some people like, you know, straight serious plays or just plays and some people like musicals and there's no there's no right or wrong it's just whatever you exactly and so do you um do you have uh, a problem any particular problems with any parts of religion uh i don't have any problems i think what it is is the problems come from the um interpretation so some things are written, you've really got to understand the context of, especially if you look at the Bible, you've got to understand the context of what was happening at the time that the person who wrote the gospel or who wrote the psalm wrote it. What was happening at the time in Israel or Judah? And also, um, why, 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 they, why they wrote it? Because sometimes the prophets would, it's a bit larger than life, like... Mm. Like if there was a prophet now, they would be, you know, they'd have to get our attention. So they'd, you know, be a bit, bit larger than life. And to grab your attention, it's less realism in, in, in that sense, just to make people stop and, whoa, whoa what's going on? You know, fireworks. Yeah, all, uh, yeah, yeah, that kind of theatrical element of it. Exactly. And then you also have to look at how can that translate to what the, what does that mean in our in our time and if you try and look at it too literally then i think you're going to have a stumbling block and that's what i think the problem is is the literal um uh, what what's the word i'm looking for literal interpretation literal interpretation of what it says in the bible at then back then to you know what how we can um use that that information in our daily lives now that's mm. the main problem that i think and kind of uh, yeah more liberal church and more liberal religions kind of relate it in a, a i guess a more modern context yeah, yeah. A, a more contemporary audience in a way yeah yeah for me for me you have to i think god has got a sense of humor and <laughs> do you know what i mean i'm not yeah anyone who stands up to defend god is like god is bigger than you know I can only speak from my perspective. I don't need to defend an all, you know, omnipresent, great, you know, concept such as God. That's fine. Like, mm. it's not, you know, do you know what I mean? Just chill out, relax. God has a sense of humour. He, he probably loves a bit of bants. I Let's... reckon he does. Of course he loves bants, like, Send a prophet down with you know, like a social media account. Bants, mate. Bants. bants. All day Some long. Like bants. All day. <laughs> God like bants all day long, Dave. I feel like that should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> God like bants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> front and back. Front and back, mate. Just in God case they miss the front. Yeah. They're following you up from behind. They know yeah. They know God likes bants. God's watching God you. Like... Yeah. 
for sure. And so, right, so you, you go you go to church, you're an altar boy, you do this amazing reading, um, and you really admire the, the, the canon that kind of takes yeah. the, the services. Yeah. Um, he has a, a kind of great command of the crowd yeah, and a great yeah. understanding of uh, performing in front of people. Exactly. So at what point do you, you take that further and kind of go into drama school? All right, so basically what happened was um, I was either going to be a doctor or a lawyer, Dave, and later on a footballer. Wow, okay. So so we're talking um, with acting, we're kind of talking plan D. Dave, plan big D. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest D, not even on my radar, just not know. Just hiding in the back. Hiding in the back, mate. Hiding in the back, cowering, cowering in the yeah, back. Yeah, sort of cowering in the shadow of doctor, lawyer, footballer. Exactly. So basically what happened was I I knew I wasn't going to be either one of those, but that's, that was, those are the things that I knew my parents were like, not footballer, but I knew my parents would have been chuffed by that. And I knew that because from my work experience in secondary school at 15, when I said, oh, I'm going to do my work experience, my dad was like, great, that's it. I know a great solicitor because obviously I'm going to be a solicitor. You're going to do one week with this solicitor and then you're going to do another week with my friend who's a consultant gynecologist, Dave. Wow, okay. That's, that's quite different. Dave, that's different. <laughs> so, different things. That yeah, so I basically yeah I basically yeah so I that's what was my work experience. So I came out of school thinking, okay, what did you do at fifteen in a gynecologist? I was there for all the I was there for all the maternity checks, Dave, and I wow, saw okay. I had to watch a cesarean. Oh, so you say had to in the like as if you no, were... they were like and well, basically what happened? I was with the I was on a, a gynae ward, so it's all women. You know, I come in and like, oh wow, da, da, da. I'm watching nurses take blood. I'm watching women come in at different stages of their pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Then one couple, you know, I'm with a consultant all the time. Then one, then he said to one couple, oh, I've got a student here, and do you mind if he, you know, is around for your delivery? So I'm like, oh okay. Um, wow. So they're like, yeah, sure, it's fine. You know, this young couple. Then. You know, the day comes and I go into the room with all the other doctors and stuff, like sterilize my whole arm, forearm up to my elbow and this like stuff. <laughs> hey, all, you know what I mean? Washing, I'm washing, washing, Dave, washing. Then I'm wow. they give me this gown, this hat, this mask, and then I go in and you know, they got cold, like obviously it's a it's like an operating theatre type of vibe. And then, you know, they, the first nurse comes and shaves this lady, just shaves her, shaves her up. I'm like, whoa, this is intense. And then, um, <laughs> and then the, the, they put a screen up between her and her, her stomach, kind of, so she can't see what's happening on the other side. Her husband's on one side. I'm like, just like, I'm like in the middle. So imagine it's a tennis, it's a tennis net. I'm like bang in the middle, looking at one side, looking at and he just so gets you're, you're the umpire. The, the I'm, I'm in the umpire position. Caesarean okay. umpire position. So then, right. you know, he just just gently swipes this blade. It, like it, I think he draws a line. He draws on her tummy. Then he um, just gently with the blade and a, a tummy peels, mate. 
Oh. Peels. Peels, Dave. I'm 15. A tummy peels, right? <laughs> I'm close. Yeah. I'm close. Then he does it again in the same spot. And again, oh, in the s- layers, Dave. I'm seeing colours. There's like, you know, when you cut, there's a layer like skin, then fat, then this, then that. It's first it's white, then it's bright yellow, then it's then the blood starts, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, watching this. On the one side, she's like gur she looks like she's gurgling into this like kidney bean shaped dish. Yep, Recy- yeah, yeah. Recycled. Like uh, she's like drooling into that. Her husband's next to her. You know, on the other side they they're doing all sorts of carnage. That's what it seems like to me. And um yeah, that's what you do as a that's what you do when you're fifteen on work experience with a consultant kind of I'm not sure. I'm not sure it is. That feels well, like such such a, like an overexposure for a fifteen year old. And then they said to me at the end of it, I remember, lunch now, you're on lunch. So then <laughs> <laughs> What did you have for lunch? I, I had a Ribena and I also had a, they're like, they're like small biscuits, like cookies. There's a okay, packet, yeah, it, a packet it like, there's a packet like small cookies, the McCoy's or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember when I put the straw in the Ribena and I drank it, I could have almost gagged because I thought it was blood. Oh my word! That was the viv. That's my vivid memory, even now. So, do you feel that you were sort of uh, emotionally scarred by that event? I don't know, Dave. I mean, it was like, is it? I don't know. It was. It was work experience, wasn't it? So, as far as, as that's what happens, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> that's I mean, what I, they do. I, I, I worked on my mum's ward. She's a she was yes. a cardiac nurse when I was yes. fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, uh, and I just had to go around, like taking obs, yeah. checking yeah. people, work, like chat to the old people. Yeah, um, yeah, I did that too. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Basically, that's the same experience. Yeah, that's. But then, but then, no one said, "Oh, you know, this geezer's having a bypass. You should come and watch us take his heart out." <laughs> exactly. Different times back then, Dave. Different times, mate. Different times. Oh, yes, because you're, you're older than me, aren't you? Yes. So how old are you? So I'm 41. 41, and I'm 32. So you're, uh, what's that, nine years older than me? Yes. So you were born in 81? 79, Dave. That was bad maths for me, wasn't it? That's all that right. Shocking. Shocking That's all right. But that was good from, thanks for... <laughs> clarified. I nearly gave you an extra three years, mate. Younger. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or two years. Even worse maths. Okay, let's move on from my maths. Um it's clearly not a strong area for me. <laughs> so right. You're an altar boy. You uh you go you go you have a very strange work experience uh <laughs> experience. Um so let's just kind of like fast forward a bit. So you go to drama school and how do you end up in mischief? Okay, so yes. Um, let me go back for back a tiny bit mm-hmm. because I just had a random occurrence to even start acting. It's a lambda. It, it's like, it's a link to lambda. Okay. So when I was, when I went to sixth form, I they asked if I would do a... Uh, 
well, there was an advertisement up to do a show. And I thought, oh, I'll do that with a couple of my friends. You know, it's drama, a bit of drama. I don't mind doing that. So I said I'd do it. I'd, I was in Little Shop of Horrors. That's the show that they were doing. Okay. The director, who was the head of drama at the time, is the sixth form, so she's part of the school. She was like, oh, that, you were really good at that. Have you considered taking up a drama A-level? So I said, sure, yes, I'll do a drama A-level. So the following September, I took on the drama A-level. In my drama okay. A-level, there were all other drama students who lots of them had been involved in drama clubs and stuff when they were younger. Right. And were currently going to Gypped, Greenwich Young People's Theatre, which was quite a big um, theatre, youth theatre group back, back when I was younger. Gary Oldman went there and they'd have all right. these... BBC would do the open auditions and stuff. So on my second day of going to Gypped, I went once before, I thought, oh, these, these, these guys are all a bit too full on. They said, oh, Sydney, do you want to go to an open audition? It's a BBC open audition. Never been to an audition, never really thought about it before. I went to the audition with Susie Paris, who is still, um, still casting, and mm-hmm. I, um, she cast me in it. It was a, a TV show called Maisie Rain, Pauline oh, wow. Quirk. And I was going to be, I was cast as a friend of a guy called David Olayewu. Yes, yeah, yeah. Who was in his second or third year at Lambda at the time. Yeah, very good actor. So we basically had to spend some time together because I had to learn how to rollerblade. We were in a rollerblading gang in, in Notting Hill. That was the, that was the vibe. Wow. In Paddington area. So I spent a week with him learning how to rollerblade. And obviously, film during film, well, we're learning. Okay, you're both learning. Yeah, we were kind of getting better at it. So, yeah, so I was like, what's all this about? He said, I'm at Lambda. What's Lambda? Lambda's a drama school. Oh, wow. It's the first I'd ever heard of a drama school, Dave. Wow, okay. He said, he told me about Spotlight. He told me about Contacts. He told me about Equity. He told me about Headshots. During that time, I learned everything everything about drama school. There's a short crash course on becoming an actor because he was at drama school at the time. Mm. So then after that, I got an agent and I did loads and loads and loads of work on family affairs as an extra two, which is like a featured extra. Okay. Then so EastEnders. Experience. Then EastEnders. So at the time I did my A-levels and I went to university because that's what you did. I was like, drama school, not too sure. Mum said, get a degree. So I basically went to um, university. But all that time, from that time I did Maisie Rain, I didn't stop acting. I was on set almost every single week on a wow. TV set. Extra, extra one, walk on two, this and that. I was a, a, a young stripper in EastEnders, an episode. I was on another, on another episode. Sorry, I was a, a, a young stripper. Yeah, yeah, it was like a little Mo, little Mo, who was a character, was having a hen do or something. We're like, no, more like a dancer, but we're male dancers. Yeah. You know, on a hen what, kind of do. On another episode, just dance. I didn't have to strip or anything. Okay, okay. Yeah, it, and it's an extra extra two, extra one, so it's not like heavily featured. Hmm, you're not, you know, not blink- like a name stripper. No, 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 no. You just, you just blink and you miss it. But But when you're there... <laughs> But when you're there doing it, it's like you're there for the whole day, obviously, as you know. Yeah, you know, and, and I was doing Gold, and I was a friend of Goldie when Goldie was on there as a gang member. And I was doing like for like three years, I was on Family Affairs and EastEnders very, very regularly. Wow, so I got, okay. so I was on a set, I was in Albert Square, 
I was, you know, doing different, you know, in um, what's it called? In Family Affairs, it was a, it was a set in a school. So there's young character with school with dressing up as school kids, all the rest of it. So then I did that. Then I went to uni, and then I went to drama school after uni. Okay, what did you do? Did you do acting at uni? Uh, well, I love journalism actually. So I did um, I did media studies, and then I did uh, majored in media and minded in drama. And when I left, I did research for Channel Five. I had got a research job for Channel Five. For what show? It was called Out There. It was like finding clips of really weird kind of things that happen out there. It's like a bit, you know, in, in out, out there. there in yeah. So what, yeah, but what was the weirdest clip you found? Oh, I can't remember. Fifteen-year-old watching a cesarean. Yeah, probably you should have. <laughs> umpire position. Umpire yeah. position. Dave. The hor- horrified look on that kid's face. Um, just like fly on the wall exactly so yeah so then i went to drama school okay and then uh so did you feel that you'd did you pick up anything at drama school that you kind of didn't already know yeah everything some more kind of technical stuff yeah so very much university is very theory based it's all three thousand word essays you know it's all theory you're looking at ah Existentialism in theatre, Brecht, Stanislavski, um, uh, Chekhov, but from a purely theoretical point of view. You do shows, you do shows, but you're, you're looking at them more like writers than directors, which I think they were primarily. Okay. So, and Shakespeare as well, you know. You know, I don't know. It's, it's essay, essay based, Dave. Just essays. Yeah, very, very theory, less kind of essays, essay, arguments. You know, prose. You know, you get asked a question. You know, and you just you find your, you know, you find evidence based on each side of the argument, and you come up with your conclusion. Right. Okay. And then, and it's it, very, very different to drama school. Yeah, drama's purely you stand up. And you learn, you learn how to breathe. You learn how to use your voice. You learn, you know, stagecraft, entrances, ed- exits, how to use props. You mm. know, how standing still is very powerful. How, you know what I mean? Gesture is used to really hit, 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 like hammer home a point. If you're flaying around all the time, you lose that strong gesture. And sure. all, the, all the great actors, you know, all the great actors, I think, you can do it naturally, or you, or, you know, you can do it naturally. You can learn it, but I really like. I absolutely love drama school. Would you do it again if you could? Um, I wouldn't do it again because I'm out now in the in the real world. But um, mm. I, I I loved it. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, drama school, but it's one. Of, I think it's one of those things that I I didn't quite realize how much i enjoyed it until i finished it yeah and then you sort of enjoy it in retrospect yeah yeah i mean uni was more enjoyable in that sense i mean uni was parties and you know uni was like very wild drama school was much more focused and much mm. more you know took it deadly serious whereas uni dave bants like you say just so much fun parties every night 
you know, just... Just godlike bants. It's just godlike bants every day. And there's always, <laughs> there's always like a... Every night there was like a, a club night for uni students. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I, I remember thinking when I left, um, I did a BTEC yeah. in uh, performing arts at Harlow College. And um, I, I think I was quite arrogant when I left. And I, I thought I was, I was very good. And um, I wondered if, uh, well, I didn't wonder, I considered, I, I thought I had the choice, basically, whether or not I could go to drama school or go to university. Yeah. But obviously, drama school, very dependent on whether or not they let you in. Yeah. Uh, less about whether you want to go or not. Um, yeah. And so I ended up opting the, the drama school route and never went to uni. Yeah, but, but I think, you know. I don't, I don't, I certainly don't regret that. I think I had a lot of, I think Rose Bruford offered, uh, I guess it was very disciplined and it did mm. require a lot of focus uh and intensity but i think there was definitely something about it that because it's a bit further out near actually near you sort of Bexley, yeah, Heath, Sidcup. Sidcup, that kind of area yeah um that it meant that you kind of had this sort of half university like yeah. life they the first year you stay on the greenwich uni campus and yeah. you all kind of have a have a room to yourself and stuff and you kind of get to know yeah. people and then you sort of move into houses after that with your oh okay people. so you had halls then Mm, for the first year, yeah, yeah, I think that's really, that's really, that's that's lovely. Did did people do that? I'm not sure if that that's the experience that people have in drama school, like other drama schools, or whether they, you know, live in houses straight away. I think you. I did the foundation course at Lambda, and you yeah. you basically just like turn up day one, try and get a house. Oh, um, a house. So there's no like, um, there aren't any dedicated halls of residence. No, as far I'm not that I'm aware of. I think there might yeah. be additional help for maybe foreign students. Okay. But I think, um, yeah, you've just got to kind of meet up with people on. I remember meeting, contacting two or three people on Facebook, um, and I for the first two weeks stayed in uh, like an EasyJet hotel in Kensington. Oh wow! Um, wow. With this guy called Luke, and then after the first <clears> week, in touch with Luke. Uh, not hugely actually like, I'd say probably once a year kind of thing um, but we we weren't incredibly close at Lambda anyway like we're friends but we, we just kind of yeah. moved in slightly different groups um, but then yeah then after the first two weeks I had to find a house with two other guys a guy called Will and a guy called Alex who also didn't have a house at that time um, so yeah it's kind of it's kind of strange you sort of feel like you're sort of chucked outside and yeah. then just close the door behind you and you just have to fend for yourself uh, and yeah. sort of learn very quickly, uh, which I found. Yeah, whereas you, you're very protected because you're on like a campus as well. <clears throat> mm, exactly, yeah. So it's very, yeah, so it's very protected. Now, Sid, I'm going to move us on to okay. uh, some questions from the web. Okay. Uh, so I feel like we've got to know you, but what we'd, what we'd like now, uh, I say we, it's just me here, um, yes, but the listeners, maybe the listeners are included. Uh, can okay. we get a, a little jingle? Um, the okay. title is "Questions from the Web." Okay. Bong 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 bong. Limited time, baby. <laughs> I like how each of your jingles kind of starts with uh, a, a kind of school announcement, kind of build of. Notes. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
They're very good. The beeps, yeah? Beeps. Yeah. It's the bong, 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 bong. It's, I enjoy it a lot. Did uh, you have school? No Did you have beeps at school? Did you have beeps at school? No, I don't think we didn't have announcements. I think it's like a, it feels like an American thing. We just had people oh, okay. shouting. Oh. oh, okay. Just lots of screaming. So, how do you know when the lesson ended? Oh, we had a, like a bell that went off. Oh, okay. But, not, but you couldn't. Oh, so no one spoke through that. There's just a bell. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, just kind of like it was the same bell as the fire bell. Um, ah, yeah, yeah, okay. So. Because um, we had so, that, yeah. but you could also be called. You could be called to the head's office. And you're like, I know that kid is in year seven. I know that kid is in year nine. Oh wow! Okay, no, no, we I... didn't have that. Yeah, we we were sort of we were you know analog. You had to send send someone to the classroom to say, "Can I, can I borrow Sydney for a second? <laughs> oh, analog. Oh wow! Yeah. Why Old not? A few minutes. Yeah, a few minutes out of class though, right? If you got yeah, chosen. Yeah, I mean that's upsetting because your your schooling was nearly ten years behind mine, and we didn't <laughs> even have a tannoy. So. <laughs> You know, it's to me, mate. You grew up in a fancy area. No, you no, no, no way. Fancy, mate. Fancy. You're fancy. Nah. Fancy, fancy. Right, no, we've got questions from the web. All right, here we go. All right. Okay, first question is from Harry. Um, and he asks, how did you uh, find understudy on Magic Goes Wrong? Well, Harry, first of all, thank you so much for your question. Harry, thanks you. Um... I, 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 we worked together, Dave, you know, Bant. Mm. No, it was good. Um, I enjoyed it, you know. Um, ne- I never understudied before. So um, yeah. it was really, really nice to um, first have a week where no one was around, where yeah, we could just play. Early, right? Yeah, where we could play and just try stuff out and try all the, you know, equipment out, the magic or the magical equipment out. And then. Obviously, when you um, when you came in, I was you know watching, and that's also really good and very important. It's really good to watch because you can also learn. You can you know I was learning so much from watching you, so well, I loved it. Hopefully, not bad habits. Good things. No, but, was I doing good no, things? But, hopefully, good things. But you know, if you if you make a mistake, I don't need to make it, right? Very true. Very true. So all, all your working out stuff. You know, I can just go straight to the your end point. Sure, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. We see. Whenever I watched you do it, I would always just steal the bits that I thought were better and I liked. Yeah, that's what you do. You just, I mean, steal, yeah. Steal I think you should do that. Other I think there's a, yeah, 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 yeah. There's an artist. There's a, there's a book or comment like that. It's how to steal like an artist. Like all artists mm. do it to some extent over the years. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, oh, everyone, every, every, so, everyone's an understudy, Dave. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, so. You found so your first experience of understudying on Magic, uh, you you quite enjoyed. You, you liked I, it. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, and obviously, Jono, I'm understudying Jono as well in that. Mm-hmm. And Jono got married at that yeah, time, so obviously, then I, you know, got to do a lot, a lot more. Um, you know, in during rehearsals, and I know a lot of. I'm not sure if that's the experience of all understudies, but I know in Mischief, you know, it's really nice because when you do understudy, uh, Harry, you know, for Mischief, you you also, like, are given other jobs or other roles or, you know, help with the magic. And 
it's, it's mm. basically never a dull moment. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We keep everyone busy. Lots of fun. Lots uh, of fun. Lots of turnover on the uh, on the, yeah. the amount of time you kind of get to go on. Yeah, so, but you, Dave, you you didn't go off. I must say, you did not go off. You went machine. off once. You're an absolute machine, which is which is fine because as I was understudying too, you know, I got to go on for Jono and I had my character as well. So and I was the granddad. Uh, well, I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, no, that's that was my favorite part you did actually. But no, you'll have to I come see it. the show. If you yeah, you guys come and see the show if you wanna if you yeah. wanna see see that bit. Uh, so our next question is from Megan. And she asks, um, did you prefer playing Dennis as Perkins or Dennis as John slash Smee? Um, I loved playing Dennis as Perkins. I loved that character. It's really, really fun. But for me, I Peter Pan, loved the show. Uh, I loved the fact that I was, you know, John and Smee. So yeah. I would say, you know, the Peter Pan you know, pips the other one because the two different characters and it's such a heartwarming story. It is. Got a lo- nice, lovely ending. Didn't yes. you, um, did you dislocate your finger on Pan? Yes, I did. My oh, little I finger on the left. Uh, in the sequence right at the end, there's a revolve. Um, if you've seen it, there's a, re- um, a revolve um, at the end of the show, which happens, it's like a build and um, I, we have to f- fall off a ship. And uh, when I fell off, I just didn't put my hand down in the correct way. So I ended up crunching my my little finger into the into the um, deck, and it just dislocated at the knuckle. Oh, what like the base? Yeah, at the base of the finger, yeah, it was sticking. So then put your hand flat on the table. Yeah. And imagine your little finger sticking, pointing up at the ceiling. Ah, uh, okay, so it was just sort of stuck like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'll send okay. you a picture. Yeah. That's pretty scary, that. Yeah, it was scary. Because they said if you don't get it put back and the blood flows, you know, stop for too long, then you'll have to lose the finger. Oh, yeah, you can crack it. And I've, had, I've had someone pull on your finger, put it back in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. One of those classic... <laughs> Finger pull well, on my finger. The finger pull <laughs> Okay, so next final question. Bethany asks, um, which moment in your career, uh, just so it doesn't have yeah. to be mischief, uh, are you most proud of? Oh, that's tough, Bethany. That's it's a tough, tough question. Because I'm proud of all the moments because they all kind of lead to where I am now. Like they're all stepping stones. Mm. Um but getting cast in the bill was, um, I was just like, get in, my son. Get in. Who did you play in the bill? I played, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, da, da, da. But basically, he kidnaps a police officer. I was in two oh, episodes. Exactly. And I, basically, I had to kidnap a police officer. And um, uh, basically, he was a friend of mine who was gay. And I was a religious fanatic okay. in it. And um, I kidnapped him. And, you know, the police were searching for him. And I had him there chained up in my living room, which was a nice, lovely apartment on the Thames. That was a location quite, quite near 
Waterloo actually. And um, I had a moment. Do you know in um, Do you know in uh, What's that film, Quentin Tarantino with Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta? Uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So it was a kind of kidnap situation like that. And you know, oh, he yeah. says, "I will strike down upon thee." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had him kidnapped, and I said to the director, she said, what do you want to do here? Joe Johnson's the director. What do you want to do here? And I said, I'd really like to do what Samuel L. Jackson did in uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction, honestly, with this. And um, you can have a look. I kind of got there, but obviously the lines are slightly different. But it's like he kind of walks away, and he turns around, and he points a finger, and he says his line. And uh, he's quoting from the Bible. As well, so, so that did was you the... have to use a different quote? No, no, it's the script. It was that, yeah, obviously, I had to say the script. Yeah. <laughs> <You just laughs> seen... I was like, Shots I want to say those lines. <laughs> yeah, I want to be Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction. Oh, in <laughs> <film>. <laughs> You're killing me. Oh, okay. That, that is a moment to be proud of. Sort of almost. Ode and ode, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Homage, yeah. Um, that is the uh, the end of the questions from the web, and we're going to go to the the final section now, which is the quick okay. fire section. Um, so, could you give us a, a quick fire jingle? Okay. Bom 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 bom. I don't mind if I do. <laughs> okay. Very good. Very, very good. Okay, so I'm going to ask you uh, a bunch of questions really quickly and just answer okay. them as fast as you can, all right? Okay. Okay, what is your favourite colour? Green. Uh, texting or talking? Talking. If you were an animal, what would you be? Tiger. If you were to describe yourself as a dessert, what would you be? Apple crumble. <laughs> is a Jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit? It's a cake. Describe yourself in three words. Loving. Has integrity. Patient. Nice. And I had to be patient waiting for that one. All right. Yes, you did. <laughs> <It is>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you could be one of the 52 playing cards, which would you be? Jack of spades. Nice. Uh, what is in your pockets right now? I'm in my underpants. Okay, good. What is your favourite film? Mission to Mars. Nice. And finally, uh, who would be the best mischief person to be trapped on a desert island with? Oh, Dave. Godlike Bantz. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I can't mm. choose. I can't choose. So you, you'd be on your own? Oh, okay. Um... I mean, you can't, I can't be on your own. I don't want to be on my own. Uh, I'd say it's a close one between probably yourself and Lewis. Okay, okay. I'll uh, I'll take that. I will. Uh, I'll accept that. Thank you. That's very kind of you. And Lovely. Uh, finally, before we uh, before we wrap up. Uh, is there anything, uh, any TV recommendations or podcasts or anything you're reading that you recommend to our listeners? Um, I would say, if you've never read it, read the Bible. It's banging. 
front cover to cover. Cover to cover. It's banging. But you have to read the whole thing. If you can't read the whole thing, read um, Ecclesiastes. Okay. Other Butchers. Other Butchers, Ecclesiastes, the Bible. Yeah. And if not Very that, um, if not that, Bojack Horseman's not bad. I like Bojack. Bojack's very good. So Bojack or the Bible? Yeah, Bible both, first. Yeah. Bible both first. if you can. Yeah, if you can, Bible if you can, Bible. it's banging cover to cover. Okay, that's any particular. Ver- there are lots of different versions of the Bible. There are different versions. I read the King James version, but um, you could read the. New international version. Um, it's it's slightly less hardcore, you know, thou and these, and mm-hmm. it's more it's more relatable. But okay. it's cover to cover. It's just the it's the best story. That's what I'm saying. If you just read it, not as a kind of I'm gonna, you know, I want to get close to God, but just if you just read it, it's just brilliant. It wouldn't so have stood the test. It wouldn't have stood the test of time if it wasn't as good as it is. That's a very good point. And on that point, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I have been Dave Hearn, chatting to uh, Mr. Sidney K. Smith. Thank you for joining thank you, us, Dave. Sid. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. My absolute Second time pleasure. around. Second time around. Second time to charm. And exactly. for all that godlike bants. Yes, godlike bants. Making mischief and... I want to say good night, but it is currently sort of four o'clock in the afternoon. afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.